This week's pod is supported by Manscaped. Manscaped is just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, and now you can be one of the first people in England to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Manscaped is a skin-safe trimmer for below-the-belt shaving. Uh, Their 7,000 RPM motor has quiet stroke technology, and I know you fellas like quiet stroke. So they tell us that Manscaped's technology will make your testes their besties, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with code NQAT at manscaped.com. That's code NQAT for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So, um, it's been a weird day, Ed, I'm not going to lie. This feels, it's, it's it, feels been, very... it has been, I don't know about you, but I didn't get a lot of sleep. Nope. So I, I told myself, well, look, there's no point. There's no, I mean, you know, as, as regular listeners will know, I have a, you know, connection to the States and stuff. Yep. So I, I was like, look, I know, I know it's not going to get called early. It's going to be long. There's going to be lots of mail-in votes. I don't need to doom scroll Twitter. <laughs> all night long what did i do <laughs> did you doom scroll twitter all night I did. long Ed? i did and i was like oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> it was um obviously like it's super depressing that the race was close um i mean where we're at right now just it's like eight o'clock at night on wednesday is it wednesday yeah, it's wednesday so. uk time um and biden's like just one wisconsin half an hour ago or whatever that was finally called um so who knows what's happened between then and when you listen to this. Goodness, goodness only knows. But, like, um, last night, I was only, I only stayed up to about two. And I was like, right, absolutely no more. And then um, I woke up about five. And I was like, I'm not looking at my phone. <laughs> not just because I know I won't sleep at all. And I managed to sleep till, like, seven. So that was pretty good. Because um, the, the problem is combining a sort of legitimate interest in hoping the worst global figure of our lifetimes, well, in terms of average power held, is removed from office. And just being a politics nerd, right? Right. You grow up a politics nerd, it's hard not to want to follow elections because I don't come around that often. Um, But like this morning, just after Biden won Arizona... The difference between reading like live blogs on The Guardian and 538 and stuff, and then just having a quick flick through Twitter, the level of misery on Twitter is like, lads, like it's not this Off is, the charts. It, yeah, it doesn't yeah. but, Who has more doom? Politics Twitter or left Twitter <laughs> after uh, a um disappointing election result or United Twitter after getting beaten by a third rate club for the third time in a couple of weeks (laughs) well it was very confusing to be flicking through twitter during the game and just be like wait a minute now what are people which one is which one is this that's going oh okay no thank goodness it's only united being absolutely horrendous (laughs) Uh, there was one one crazy trump tweet i responded to from our our football account right and uh because he was complaining about it's all Changed around. I looked an hour ago and, you know, now Biden's caught up 500,000 votes. And, of course, you know, they dumped their 
they dumped their results in in blocks and stuff. And uh, so I just uh, sent them a picture of uh, of Ollie scoring against Bayern in '99, saying, "You know, <laughs> sometimes things happen late, Don." And I got a response going. If you just stuck to football, you'd have more listeners. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong, are they? If no, we had no, just no, stuck to football, true. we'd have more listeners. But um, I would rather have fewer listeners and be able to talk about the things we want to talk about, to be fair. So um, from uh, one orange dude to one orange team. Yeah, oh. what 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 an absolutely awful performance by MUFC. I mean, let's just start with the only the only reasonable starting point for this game, the concession of what has to be without any hyperbole, one of the single worst collective pieces of defending in the history of association football. <laughs> it just it's absolutely amazing. I mean, who's pulled off the worst result there? the pollsters in the US election, or who should have been... De- I mean, Nemanja Matic is the closest, and he's 30 yards away from Denver Bar. But but normally you put a couple of quick guys at the back, don't you? I mean, where's Juan Bissaka and Luke Shaw? Normally you have your fullbacks defending, don't you, from that situation? Especially when one of them is Aaron Juan Bissaka. Like, oh, what are you... What are you why would you... You know, why would you, like need him as part of the attack in that situation. You I mean, look, right? look, Matic is never going to do anything in that situation. I mean, he had a horrendous, I mean, a really, yeah. truly horrendous half there, which he does every single time he's asked to defend on his own with a couple of attacking players ahead of him. I mean, yeah. every single time. Uh, and And so... The obvious fix is Scott McTominay. The obvious fix in midfield. <laughs> not not for the defender, the only pacey defender you've got. Well, one of the only pacey defenders you've got. Uh, I, I, I don't, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I digress a bit because I'm moving forward in the timeline. But uh, it was horrendous. Horrendous defending. You wouldn't expect it, really, from a, a decently coached primary school team. Absolutely not. And it, it was like a primary school team. They're all just running to where the ball is. And, you know, I mean, that is the single easiest through ball in the history of football. Bar is in United's half, not United, like in his own team's half, level with the deep end of the centre circle. And he's got the entirety of the pitch to run into. It's absolutely shocking. And the thing is, it's only the second goal is only marginally less absolutely staggeringly horrific defending. I mean, they're, they're still all attracted to the ball like flies around, aren't they? I mean, there's not a defender within 30 yards of Visco and he scores. It's incredible. I'm like... Uh, what? What? I mean, because he could have trapped it, passed it to his friend, who, and they could have, you know, tiki-tackered it around for a few seconds and then scored. They could have got <laughs> and, down on their knees and headed it in, well, like George Henderson, Best wanted to do. Anderson might have saved that, to be fair. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, he's not at fault for either of those, obviously. You can't expect uh, attackers to be given, you know, uh, well, a hundred yards of space. <laughs> In no, I mean, case. before Bar scored, uh, they had a shot in which no one closed down the. Uh, I can't remember who took the shot now, 
And Henderson is absolutely came steaming out Peter Schmeichel style to berate the defenders. Mm. I mean, after seeing the the next couple of pieces uh, defending, he's probably you know, he'd probably be glad to get back to the under twenty threes, won't he? <laughs> he's probably just like going, oh well, I'm not going to bother berating him for this because this problem is beyond the solution of beration. Um, I mean, United got back into it with a really nice goal, a lovely cross from Luke Shaw, and a brilliant header from Anthony Martial, uh, but. They didn't create anything else. And listen, we hammered Ole for his substitutions against Arsenal. The subs in this game, the complete lack of clarity or plan. So, first of all, let's talk about the Axel sub. Axel Twanzebe's first half performance was certainly not warranting of a punishment sub, unless he was supposed to stay back on corners and didn't. But why would your centre-back be the one that stays back on corners? That surely can't be the reason. So I don't understand what Twanzebe did that was so wrong, that you would um, take him off and play Matic at centre-back. It's bizarre. It's it's utterly surreal. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the kind of thing you might do in, I don't know, a Carling Cup game. That's going to age me. Carabao Cup game or a Europa League game. Something where you're just going to make a couple of bizarre uh, substitutions or selections in order to rotate and manage the squad. Yeah, This is a Champions League. We talked in the last pod about how important this one could be. Right, because it's Paris and RB Leipzig next, and then Istanbul. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so now we could be in a situation quite conceivably lose to Leipzig in Leipzig and and Paris at Old Trafford. I mean, very conceivable that. And then we're we're hoping against hope we manage to win the the final game. Instead, we could have won this one and been under not much pressure to get a point in the last two, you know, and it just completely flips the narrative around. Mm, absolutely. And anyway, you were making a point about subs, but they, uh, well, they all came at the wrong time. Yeah. And I quite liked him making subs early uh, in the second half, the, the bringing on Cavani and Pogba at 60 minutes to give him time to influence the game. I thought that was, that was quite a sensible strategy, but I actually thought it was quite a big mistake to take off the players he ended up taking off because you ended up with this situation where they, they United just didn't have the link players. And having said, I thought we should keep Bruno on um, in the last game. Like that was because he was not having an all-time stinker. He was, I mean... He, I, I mean, he was dreadful, let's be honest. Yeah. He's had a really tough start to the season, I think, in terms of his performances and form. And and obviously, he's got a huge amount of credit in the bank. Otherwise, uh, he would be getting the pelters like Paul Pogba does, surely. Because, you know, why else would people uh, only target one of them? Um, You know, but we we want and expect more from him, but there's not been much. I mean, the the balance just doesn't feel right. Ollie's trying to find a balance here you know in the in the first half uh Shaw and Wan-Bazak actually pushed up really really high and that left United really exposed with with Matic as the only defender and we've spent so long talking about how United don't get anything out of the the wide players coming from full back and so here they took a bit more of a chance and it you know it really backfired 
Um, and the balance in midfield with Van der Beek ahead of Matic um, and Fernandez didn't work, you know. So it's only one game. But how he gets all of these players into the same team, I don't know. You can't. You can't. You shouldn't try. You should be aiming for balance all the time. And uh, I thought Van der Beek actually, like Van der Beek, always looks tidy right and we do need some tidiness in there particularly when Bruno is in like full extravaganza mode um and is the very very opposite of tidy um when he's in that mode very telling to me that for all like we had Pogba Cavani Fernandez Martial Rashford on the pitch the total number of shots in this game was 10 from United 10 shots when we were behind for, what, like 60 minutes of the game or something. It's really quite shocking. And and listen, they defended really well. They defended in numbers. They defended well-organised, lots of kind of real discipline in their defensive line. And they did the thing that teams shouldn't be able to do anymore to stop United, which is just sit in a really low block and challenge United to create anything. Because United should have too much creativity to deal with that. But should it's have, just but not don't. happening. I mean, the preponderance no. of evidence here tells us that we still cannot break teams down when they sit in a low bo- block. And then defensively, 1v1 and in transitions, we are dreadful. You know, so Oli's always making this trade-off between an extra defender or an extra defensive midfielder and double pivot and and getting enough attacking players on the pitch. He just doesn't ever seem to find the right balance because we don't have the right balance of players. I mean, it's it's the, the reason why I was just so adamant at the end of last season that we needed a decent defensive midfielder. Yeah. And Di Maria is just, well, that wasn't a penalty, it was a free kick. Sorry, I'm half distracted by uh, Paris Saint-Germain versus Red Bull Leipzig. I'll be Leipzig. What are you, why are you doing this to our listeners, Ed? That's disgraceful. I, I, I mean, for a moment, out of the corner of my eye, I was believing that uh, Di Maria had missed a penalty, but uh, I realised it wasn't. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, it, it's 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 a very it's a deeply unbalanced squad, and Oli makes trade-offs all the time, and Right now, more of those trade-offs are failing than than coming off. Yeah, and, you know, he is also doing, on a personal level, quite a bad job at the moment. I mean, the results would suggest that that's the case, right? Not just the results, though, the performances uh, or lack thereof. I mean... You know, we know that this is a group of players that can be coached into, um, you know, you can coach around the deficiencies in the squad somewhat. Um, And if this player, if this group of players play to their potential. And the one thing I would say is, I don't think, like after Arsenal, I saw a lot of commentary after we'd recorded the game talking about this dread question of passion, commitment, hard work, all those kind of things. I actually didn't, I didn't feel a lack of any of those things. It's, it's a lack of a plan that seems to be the problem to me. And and you might be right. It might be that the, the main single biggest problem is there's, there's nothing down the flanks. Um, and, you know, the goal came from Luke Shaw today, right? That That's yeah. that literally where the goal came from. Don't remember the last time. I'm sure somebody out there knows when it was, but when's his last assist? But, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but you, like, so that's where there's some opportunity to create something potentially. Um, and maybe the return of Alex Tellez 
um, will make a, a difference in in that in that regard. Um, but so, so after after Arsenal, Roy Keane had a big thing where he was uh, talking about passion and leadership and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it is a cliche, but you expect it from Roy Keane. And and um, Oliver Kay had a piece in the Athletic uh, talking about that, and but also Gary Neville's analysis that uh, United has too many square pegs in round holes. You know the lack of balance in the team, um, and and then the analysis that that it's a a tactical managerial thing, um, and, and layer on top that that um, you know Ollie has not been given the tools that he really needs, and and all of these things are true. All mm. of them, you know, and yeah. uh, Harry Maguire, I think it was Harry Maguire, uh, rejected the notion uh, that it's about leadership, so there's leaders all over the squad. And sure, it doesn't have to be Roy Keane style pumping your fists and shouting at everyone and getting in the, fa- the referee's face style leadership, but it has to be people taking responsibility, you know, like, I don't know, whoever should have been sat in the centre circle making sure United didn't concede from a break, <laughs> right? Somebody, right? <laughs> Is that the captain? Is it the defender? They must have a playbook. They definitely should be coaching that. And and if the level of specificity around their defensive coaching isn't up to that degree, that's pathetic and that's on Ollie. Mm. So I've got to believe it's there. So that, that's, you know, it might not be leadership in the Roy Keane style. It might be responsibility for the role each of them plays and making sure their performance levels are high. And that's that's why people are frustrated with Pogba because they it swing his performance levels have swung wildly from brilliant to atrocious, you know. But, yeah, and he's but basically the same is true been... of many players in this this team. You know, their ceiling isn't as high um for most players. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think Pogba's been on a spectacularly terrible run of form as well. Like, he's yeah. been consistently awful most of yeah. this season, basically. It has. I mean, and Oli's talked about it, talked about his fitness and talked about COVID. And I don't know how long that excuse holds. It feels like uh, uh, nine, what, nine games into the season. It's a bit late for that now, but maybe there's lingering COVID issue with him, in which case he shouldn't be in the side and he should be making his way back to fitness and health. Mm. But yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, when you looked at the starting 11 today, when I looked at the starting 11 today, there's nothing about that starting 11 that screams, oh my God, this is going to be a massive issue. Like, actually, it looks like quite a progressive team. Lots of nice passes in there. Should be able to work some openings. You've got Rashford and Martial to trouble them for pace and and interplay and all the the kind of things that should be able to break down a a team that's defending deep um and Fernandez and Van der Beek and Mata have linked up really well in games and Matic for all his many flaws is actually really nice on the ball so you know that could be a really nice team and even Maguire and Twanzebe behind them you know so I don't think the the starting 11 was a massive problem I did think the substitutions were highly questionable and the, the Playing a half an hour of that game with no discernible plan, like that was a real issue. And, and you know, I know this is like the most obvious point in the world and a thousand people have made it. But the problem with Solskjaer, which is a thing we've talked about a lot with United's managers since Fergie, um, one of the things that you do to work out how good your manager is, is you go down the table and work out who'd swap. And I... I don't know that there's a Premier League team that would say, yeah, we'll, we'll swap you, your manager, for ours. 
And that's that's a crazy position to be in. And of course, he's, you know, a United legend and that carries an enormous amount of weight. And I rarely wanted anything to work out more than Solskjaer at Man United in terms of football. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. How how long? I mean, there there, there are there are Ali ultras, right? Who you know really kind of like Tara Fergie type level of like you can't ever turn on the manager, and especially not Solskjaer. And I totally understand why you would never want to turn on Solskjaer. Um, but what does it? What does the path to victory look like for Solskjaer yeah. at this point? Well, yes, I mean he's not achieving after almost two years in the job more than the sum of parts out of out of this side, you know, at least not on a consistent basis. And and that's if we're not gonna get the the kind of leadership from the top and the the transfer now to bring in the right kind of players to create a balanced squad, then then it's gonna have to be coaching. And and so there's very scant evidence that Oli is gonna you know, there is evidence in individual players, but as a team and a collective it it blows hot and cold. Obviously, this this season, nine games in, is a is a microcosm of his entire time at United, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's desperately sad because I he's got a massive bank of credit, of course, because he scored that goal in '99. We he's he's a hero, and this you're so young that you don't remember that. You know, he he's got all of that, and he desperately wants to succeed and. He does have a personality in which he is, you know, he's very level set in front of the media. We're not getting the histrionics like um, like Mourinho. I mean, just never. Mm. He's always calm, right? And he has apparently the steel behind the scenes to to um, give a bollocking when he needs to. And he shit plays out. He just doesn't rate, right? So he's got something there. Mm. But in the crucial bit that is putting a team on the pitch that is going to overperform it's level, it feels like that doesn't happen often enough. And, and of course, United finished third in the Premier League last season mm. in, a, in a jumble of a season, you know, and 30-odd and points behind the, the league winners. And, and that's where you have to move forward, and it's just that's why it's so frustrating, you know. And, and of course, people are talking about it this week because Pochettino was, was on um, Monday Night Football for hours on end, you know. With his long hair. Yeah. And, you know, advertising his wares to the world. <laughs> advertising his hair to the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know how long, I mean, to be honest, like, I'm, I don't know what it would take for me to be like, yes, Solskjaer has got to go. I, I can't really imagine ever getting to the point of thinking that in my own head, even if, even if Solskjaer has got to go, I don't, I can't be, I can't be rooting for that. Like I, I don't know if I've got the wiring in my brain to ever enable that to happen. Um, yeah, and and look, the, the you know the obvious questions and the really boring, cliched questions after that is like who, who else? Mm. You know who else is obviously going to succeed here? Because like it might be Poch, maybe he's not won a trophy, sure, but but actually he did do the thing, which was was take a take a Spurs side from not being particularly great to being European Cup finalists. Or maybe it's a, I don't know, a famous name, Max Allegri. Does he really, does that manager (coughs) really want to come into a brand new league with a shambles of a squad? I can't, I mean, that's going to work well, you know? 
that'd be so, grim as as heck. I, I I'd only be interested in a manager with a with a reputation for building something over a period of time and inspiring a squad. And you know, Pochettino would be a super exciting um, gamble. You know, because we all saw the Spurs. Like I think what pretty much every United fan wants is an experience similar to watching Spurs over that period of time where there's a team you can really believe in playing in a style you can really believe in with the hope that you're building towards something. Um, now, if, say that Solskjaer gets sacked to this season, everyone, well, lots of people, are going to say, yep, Edward Wood and the players have got him sacked. I mean, you know, Roy King can't go five minutes without saying these players are going to get Solskjaer sacked and I just think... That is such a ridiculously reductive way to look at it. And I think, you know, saying... Well, Woodward's he's got... playing his part as pantomime villain, isn't he? Well, sure. Um, but the um, the saying Woodward's going to get Solskjaer sacked is is reasonable uh, to an extent because the, the squad is so ridiculously unbalanced and United are so dreadful at handling transfer windows. That's absolutely fair. Um, but ultimately, the manager's job is to do more, get more than the sum of the parts, which Solskjaer has done at periods of time out of United. At the back end of last season, we played the best football we've played since Van Gaal for two weeks in, well, two months in Absolutely March and April. Absolutely nailed Bournemouth and Aston Villa, didn't we? <laughs> no, Bournemouth weren't part of that run, Ed. Um, it, was, it was Tottenham, Liverpool, Aston Villa. City, those that, that glorious run of four games—that's the one shining light. All those years ago, anyway, this this year, you know, Solskjaer did something similar and got United playing way better than the sum of their parts. But that's kind of been completely absent this season, except in ten-minute bursts. You know, well, maybe twenty-minute bursts. Ten minutes against Newcastle, twenty minutes against Leipzig. A really good performance against PSG of the type that he's always been able to pull off um, since he took over at United. But just it's just been a, an absolutely terrible start to the season. And this, you know, the one thing that was going for it was those two really good results in the Champions League, which have now essentially been rendered kind of like uh, the bare minimum requirement by throwing away a, a, a game that United should have been expected to win. Yeah, and uh, look, that's a really good summary. Uh, and it leaves us in a really difficult position now. So not guaranteed to qualify from this group. And in 15th place in the Premier League. <laughs> Joy! Should we take a little break and come back and talk about Seinfeld some more? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Boom, 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 and we're back from the break. Um, so playing Everton at the weekend. Uh, they, it's a good job they've kind of lost form, isn't it? Because. Uh, I yeah, wouldn't like to be I mean, playing them at their best. Big defeats for them, really. Um, so, uh, they, I mean, kind of coinciding with Ricarlison, uh getting sent off against Liverpool and serving a ban. He, I think he serves to the final of the three-game ban, doesn't he? Yeah, he got sent off against Liverpool. They lost to Southampton pretty comfortably. I'd say maybe Ralph Hasenhurtl. Would you have him? That'd be a gamble. Well, 
I mean, the, the 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 knock against him at big clubs is just that he he is the kind of manager that does really well with players who want to impress but, him. But, but we'd get to say Hessenhutel every week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That'd be fun. Um, and then then losing Newcastle, and they they deserve to lose that one. Yeah, um, uh, Steve Bruce's Newcastle playing the uh, tippy tappy stuff all around them. Um, so yeah, but but look, they had a great start. Beat Palace, beat West Ham, beat Brighton. Uh, did all right in the draw with Liverpool. It was a great game. Of, yeah, it was a great game. Entertaining. Um, and so we'll see. I don't, I don't know how um, how serious Hammers's injury is. Like, no, yeah. no idea actually. Um, and and he would be vital to them, especially in the absence of Richarlison. Who they they really have missed because I'm sure he would. I mean, it stands to reason, doesn't it? Like he would create a bunch of space for Hammers to work in anyway. He does because the the midfield is a bit prosaic without him. Really, you know, mm. they played De, Decore, Allen, and Dell against Newcastle, and it's like well, three sort of defensive-minded midfielders there. De, Decore's more than that, of course, but but on the you know defensive side of things compared to Ricarlison and and Hammers, so. Um, and look, um, Sigerson's never really, um, never really taken to Everton. Didn't didn't justify the fifty million pound fee. He he played and wasn't particularly good against Newcastle. Gomez had a dreadful game. Um, and Cavett Loon had a great start to the season and scored in that one, but needs the needs the service. Yeah, um, Lucas Dania is a big miss for them as well. Is he going to be back? I'm just going to quickly look at Everton's physio. He got, he got sent off, didn't he, against uh, Southampton? So I don't think he will be back. Right. Well, that's 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 kind of big too. Um, it, the the sending off thing is you miss three games if it's violence, right? If that's... it's straight red, yeah, yeah, and only one if it's two yellows. I I can't remember what he got sent off for now. Right. So, okay. I, I feel like it was a straight red. Right. So, so yeah, well that's that's good then cuz we could do with him not being there. Um I, what what on earth are we going to get from United? I don't know. And what system are we going to get? Are, yeah. are we going to get three at the back? Are we going to get 43-1 that we had tonight or oh, it's more like 4-1 4-1, wasn't it tonight? Uh are we are we going to get 4-3-3? Are we going to get the diamonds? What? So I'm as confused as anyone. I couldn't pick this one. No, so I've just double checked, and Dania is uh, available. Richarlison is not available. Um, James is a potential return for this game. Ha- uh, played Ancelotti said on the 30th of October. Had a little problem. Played all the games. He needs a rest in this game, and I think he'll be available for the next game. So I imagine that Dania and Rodriguez will both play. I wonder whether he'll tailor the system a little bit. You know what? I really wouldn't hate. I wouldn't hate seeing three at the back in this game. I, would, I wouldn't well, you, you hate could that You could go man for man. I mean, Everton didn't play 4-3-3 and uh, they do push their full-backs on. Um, they've been playing Ben God- Godfrey on the right and he's not a right-back, but Daniel was going to get forward and he's got great mm. delivery. Um, So there's an option, I guess, to play three at the back or, or to match up. So I, I I don't know. I couldn't pick it. I, I I wonder whether the players are confused, though. I mean, you know, it's fine having flexibility, which clearly Solskjaer believes is important. But when does flexibility become sort of a lack of direction, lack of understanding of, of what you're doing? I mean, Klopp doesn't. Unfair comparison. 
Klopp doesn't change Liverpool's formation that much. Pep does. No, it, yeah, I was going to say like Pep changes it every other game, doesn't he? Um, but the the thing is, and and this, I'm I'm not hammering Solskjaer for this because I think these are unbelievably difficult times to be a football manager in. So there's just so many games on the back of no preseason and such a weird atmosphere and there's so many extra things to think about. I mean, I'm sure everyone in their own daily lives is experiencing just the feeling that everything that you normally do is a little bit harder to do at the moment because there's an extra layer of thought and sure, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So like, I, I do think there's there's definitely some kind of and you have to have some understanding of how difficult all of this is. Though, but he's changing. To be fair, like just to momentarily interrupt, I reckon I could get my seven-year-old and my three-year-old who've caused me no end of stress during this past six months to defend better than United did for that first goal. <laughs> Anyway, yes. carry on. Um, but the yeah, the, the thing I was going to say is that's the kind of mitigation. On the other hand, he has changed the system and the personnel fairly significantly in almost every game, certainly yeah. in the last four or five games in a row. And th- then we see this kind of real lack of cohesion and real lack of relationships on the pitch. And we wonder why. Now, this is not to say you've got to play the same starting 11 in the same system every single week because that causes all manner of problems of its own. And you can see the problem he's trying to work against is the problem of burnout. It's a long, long, long season. Um, yeah, and but, it's going to take some really great squad management to to deal with that. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, the kind of, the, the squad management side of it is costing more than it's saving, you know. So, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I this is a lot of like half an hour of, United are rubbish. Solskjaer's not doing a very good job. Man United are going to win like in this game. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my three-year-old loves nothing more than to get my pair of boxing gloves, uh, which I use in the gym, uh, and put them on, and then to gleefully bound up to me and punch me as hard as he can. <laughs> yeah. yeah! He does. Uh, loves it. Loves it. <laughs> Fighting spirit, leadership, passion. <laughs> That's, uh, that's what we need against Everton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I actually, I don't know, with with um, with Dania back and Rodriguez back, I, I, I'm going to predict a draw. I guess one a one all draw. There you go. That's that's my prediction. Because games have gone back to normal now. They're boring again. The, the games aren't like six four every week, are they? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, Southampton completely did for Everton with a straight 4-4-2. We haven't seen that one for a long time at United. <laughs> um, I, no, I don't we, expect ha- we will do now. I, I, yeah. I couldn't pick the system. I don't know what it will be. Um, but I know I can call the problems we have with almost every one of them, you know. And yeah. and, and I wonder, we hardly ever played a straight 4-3-3, which is, which is what Everton will do, I think. Um, I don't imagine it will... It'll be the case, and I'm waffling because I don't know what the answer is here. But maybe I'm going to go for one all as well. I I I find it hard to see United lifting the doom surrounding the team, but but they but it do could happen because it's yeah you know could that's happen. that's that's the thing they lift the doom all the time. Like that's that's what's so weird. Like we you know we, doom absolute mega doom against Tottenham. Won the next game four one. Really boring draw against Chelsea. Won the next game five nil. Now then we've had double doom now, so two two helpings of doom. Um, maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll have a we'll have the other United turn up because 
I know I say this all the time, but if United's good players are on song, they are really difficult for anyone to deal with. They, you know, we're talking about them having really struggled to uh, to give Istanbul something to think about. On their day, they've got yeah. so much in their locker. So, yeah. Anyway. So, so who's in the team? Uh, De Gea will come back into the team. Yeah. Bazaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw is certainty, I think, since uh, Telez is still watching games on TV. I don't know what dodgy stream he was watching that game on, by the way, but uh, unless he's... Uh, he, 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 and oh, did he go with the, did he go with the squad to, to Turkey? Why wouldn't he, he could... be watching it just on BT Sport? <laughs> Look at his look at his Twitter, or uh, or, oh, the, or the picture of him watching. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. He is not watching it on BT Sport. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just just going to dob him in there. I am. Um, um, oh no, yeah, no. He's work, watching it on Eleven Sport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Um, first player I've seen on social media with a mate cup since Rocco's toast picture, which is. Some, it was, it some was sort a of good milestone. call. I, I didn't quite get the reference for a while, but uh, then you clarified it, which was useful for us, you know, yeah, ignoramuses about this. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, that was defence. And then midfield is what? What balance of midfield? Fred come back into this team? I, I, I Tom guess and so, Fred again. Yeah. Is Pogba back on the bench? Oh, you got me to look at Twitter and it's distracted me. Just somebody has added us. Uh, Dr. Medshar has added um, us saying not a great deal has changed then. Um, and it's a reply directly to the David Moyes. Manchester United need to improve in a number of areas. Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Attacking, defending, passing, yeah, running. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. But David Moyes says MUFC must improve in a number of areas, including passing, creating chances, and defending. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. To be fair, he's he's not wrong. And then uh, at AW Scotty messaged us to say, looking at that Denver Bar goal, my conclusion is that we can't defend or string three passes together because the players are. I'm going to paraphrase incredibly thick so dense in fact that light bends around them creating the illusion that they are lots of space to receive a pass it's a fair theory yeah no I, I i have no idea i guess we will see fred and mctominay for for the the hashtag passion um I can't imagine Pogba's going to start because he was so bad against Arsenal and did nothing to warrant a start in this yeah, game. Yeah, I, I, I suspect uh, you're right that Oli will go back to the t- kind of tried and trusted McTominay-Fred double pivot in midfield with Bruno ahead of them. I mean, that's that's kind of grim, isn't it? All right, that's enough. That's enough, Doom. That's enough. Uh, um, and we'll see everyone else um, on Sunday. See you then. Have a good one. 